Welcome to the You Can't Take It With You podcast, where we explore estate planning and end-of-life issues. Your hosts are Annie, Hannah, and Lana. I'm Annie. Me and my sister Hannah are estate planning lawyers in Washington State. Lana is our mom, and she's got a lot of questions about this stuff. Fortunately, Hannah and I love talking about it and especially love helping people understand these issues so they're not intimidating or scary. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to another episode of You Can't Take It With You. I'm Annie. And I'm Hannah. And our mom is actually sick today, unfortunately. Also, this is our second time recording this episode. So while we do have our first guest ever, who's Rebecca Weingarner, and she's a death doula, we have already done this podcast, so we practiced for you. Um, But we are just as excited the second time to welcome Becky Weingarner. It was amazing the first time. But you'll get to hear all the amazing stuff again. So, yeah. Becky, thank you for being here. We're so excited. For <laughs> Just as excited. And I have to say, Becky has been so kind to us through our technical difficulties. Um, I'm not being so kind to myself, but thankfully, we have this wonderful lady here and we get some extra time with her today. So, <laughs> of course, this happens on the day we have our first guest. That's right. That's right. Technical difficulties. Oh. Anyway, so what our listeners want to know, because they've clicked on this podcast about what a death doula is and why they need one. I think the first question for them would be, what is a death doula? Can you help us understand that term? Sure. And your life's work. I think I, I think I know now since yeah. we what, spent an hour on this. It's awesome. It's so funny. I love it. I love it. I've never gotten to talk this much about it before. Um, so what is a death doula? So death doulas wear many hats. A death doula is someone who can step in in times of need. Let's say someone is has a terminal illness, so they can come in and help that person transition to death and have it be a more comfortable process. It can also be that that person wants to make choices about how they die. And so, of course, we're talking about someone who knows that their death is imminent, be it a year, be it six months. And there's a lot of things that people have never really looked at to determine what would I choose. And um, they can also help you not necessarily die the moment that you get that news. Mm -hmm. You get to work through processes and hopefully live the life that you're choosing up to your death. Right. Wow no matter how long that takes. So some death doulas do vigils. If someone is uh, imminent death, they will go sit by their bedside. And therein lies the, you've told the death doula what you choose for your death. And they can be the bridge between you and your family because it's sometimes difficult for people to express all of this to their family. It's difficult for the family to even want to do some of those things for their loved one because their own judgments and beliefs start to filter in Mm -hmm. and they don't want to do that. So some death doulas act as respite care for a family so they can come in and they can do daily care. They sometimes even go to the grocery store for Mm -hmm. people and do those kinds of things. So there's a lot of different hats that a death doula can wear. But it's in general sort of crafting the way this person approaches death. Correct. Whether that's imminently or at some point in the future. And I think that's something that I learned today is in addition to, you know, what a death doula is. That's a good (laughs) kind of a what a death doula is kind of depends on the death doula. Right. And right. the person. And, and the person. And what that person the person needs from the death deal. It's it's a really interesting concept. And I think it's interesting how you got into it as well, because you have a nursing background. Mm-hmm. I do. But mostly with children, pediatrics and babies. Correct. Yeah. We need to hear, you know, this experience you had when you were younger and then yeah. how this leads to where you are now. Well, when I was a um I think I was born with fear. I just lived with fear my whole life. I even remember as a child it being debilitating, Mm -hmm. just so afraid of everything. And by the time I had reached a senior in high school, I had such a huge 
You know, and I use the word fear, but as I've worked through this process, I don't know that I really have ever had a fear of death. I think what I've had a fear of is not being able to communicate with anyone about it. Not talk about death. Like not yeah. talk about it. This big thing that we know it's is been, coming from. Yes. And mm-hmm. and so so I learned, I guess, to fear it because anytime I talked about it, everybody got freaked out. Right. You yeah. know? Yeah. And so it's like, wow, this is this big scary monster in the dark. And I I am so afraid of it that I can't even breathe. When and no I was talk a, to you about it. Yeah, and they wouldn't talk to me about it. And I tried. I mean, when I was a senior in high school, I did. I tried. I tried to talk to people, anybody that would listen. And nobody would talk to me. I know. know. Talk to me. Here comes Becky. (laughs) I mean, don't talk to her. (laughs) So I was really alone. I mean, I was alone in this. And I, so I got to the point where I knew that I was going to die. And I, you know, why that came up, I have no idea. But I reached a point in the psychiatric ward where I pretty much had to choose between life and death. And I could have just stayed in this whole craziness and just lived there for the rest of my life or I could come back and and try and figure things out. And that's what I chose to do. So how did you work through that when you were in a senior in high school. No one I did about it. I didn't. I okay. buried it like Got everybody it. else Got does. It. Little compartment. Okay. So I compartmentalized Boxed it, it. Mm-hmm. Boxed it up. Buried it. Which is a really good point because then through the years that box mm-hmm. would like try and open and I'd stuff it back yeah. down. We don't talk about it that. We don't talk about that. <laughs> and it just got bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger. Then when I was in nursing, you know, I'd never been around death other than my family in my life. And then all of a sudden here I am in nursing school and holy crap, it just hits you full on. Mm -hmm. And so more compartmentalizing, I can handle this. I'm okay. Every now and then it would leak out and I would have a reaction to a death, but for the most part, it was just no big deal. You just bury it. Right. As we do so many things. As so many things. But again, nobody would talk to me. Mm-hmm. Like I tried to talk to my mother. I mean, I tried to talk to a lot of people, you know, they sent me to regular psychiatry and that was like a waste of my time. Mm. Seriously. Mm. I, I, you know, and so the years go by and my nursing career is reaching its end and I was miserable. I was just miserable. Mm. And so I started a coaching program, a life transform coaching program. That took me to the depths of my box. I, yeah. So the whole box opened, everything came out and you face it. So we you just look at it. What was that like? Yeah. It was intense. Yeah, it sounds intimidating to me. I'm like, I don't want to do that. It was was intense, but you know what? It had gotten to the point where I couldn't ignore it anymore. Right. You know, that's kind of what we talked about in the first one is that you go (laughs) on with your life and you just keep burying these things. Hannah and I talked a little bit, Annie, before you came into the room. And it's like, you know, there can be one little thing from childhood that really bothered you, but you Mm -hmm. didn't really think about it. And then over the years, it just keeps coming up and coming up. And eventually you can't ignore it anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what death did for me, Mm -hmm. you know, and it created so many fears. If I do this, I could die. If I do this, I could die. Well, I can't die. Mm -hmm. I'm not even going to think about that. So I won't do these things. Slash you're not living. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So not living my full potential, Mm -hmm. who I wanted to be. And I was who everybody expected me to be. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. know, she can handle this. Mm -hmm. She's really good at this, Mm -hmm. you know, and you hear all that Mm -hmm. as you do it. So how long does it take you to open the box, get through the box and get on the other side? I mean, just in your experience. It kind of depends on the person. Yeah. For me, it probably took, but I'm old. Okay, I have a lot in my box. It's a really big box. Well, it's empty now. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. It's all out in the world now. <laughs> <laughs> the wind just all the time. This goes in and out. But the first year was really intense. But I also was in it. I wasn't just being coached. Mm-hmm. I was being taught to be a coach. Right. Which is a little bit different. You know, I've had a pay, I've had a client that I've worked with for a year 
and she could leave me anytime. But I think it's just a comfort that she gets to connect with me a couple times a month mm-hmm. because Absolutely. it's her base, you yeah. know, but she knows all the tools. She has them. And so it did take some time. But once you get to the other side, I mean, it's it's so amazing because you start coming up with things like I would have this fear. And it's like, well, what's the, you know, and you would dig below the fear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it for me, it always came down to the fear of death. If I do this, I'm going to die. Mm -hmm. If I come out and I be myself and I just be who I am, I'm going to die. I mean, little things just, it was just huge or somebody leaving you or, you know, if I, if I do this or that. So it did take a while for me, but it wasn't like I went from being in a hole to, you know, cause there's growth. So there's growth all the way along. Yeah. And it's kind of like an onion. You know, you mm, peel totally. one off and another one comes up. Yeah. And now, it's not to say that they don't come up, but now I recognize them and I'm like, oh, you're another little piece of that one. And so let's work through that. Wow. So it's just like death. Yeah. We don't face it. We don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. We don't want to talk about it. And if you don't talk about it, it stays there. It just stays hidden mm-hmm. in that box. And then one day you're told that you have a terminal cancer Mm -hmm. and now you have to face it or your mother dies or, you know, your spouse dies. Mm -hmm. And now you're facing this thing that you've been so afraid to talk about or face Mm -hmm. your whole life Mm -hmm. and talk about crashing. I mean, that's a really good way to crash and burn. Mm -hmm. Seriously. Well, this is interesting as you're talking, I think that one of the debilitating things for me is because I have two little kids mm-hmm. and I, I think about them dying and I'm like, there's, I would rather not be alive if any, if that happens to them. So there's nothing beyond that. There's not, that's it. That's done. Yeah. I can come to terms with almost anyone else in my mm-hmm. life. Right. But, and myself, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But it's my kids. So it's, that is something that is kind of debilitating for me. So I'm, I'm interested in hearing this because it's like, you know, that would be some, I'd love to not worry about that. Yeah. So I think something that I've been learning from my time with you this morning is that a death doula isn't, you have been diagnosed with a terminal illness. Oh, let's give the death doula. Let's give Becky a call. It, it can be something that you're processing as an 18 year old, mm-hmm. right? Yes. 18 year old mm-hmm. Becky would have loved to have a death doula, right? Yes. Needed. Needed yeah. Yes. Needed it. And then, but even just maybe on the, you know, for a short term, like I'm okay with my, I'm okay with my death. I'm doing that in quotes, right? That's my thought, but my kids, I can't handle mm-hmm. yet. And it's mm-hmm. almost something I can't even think about, right? Mm-hmm. I can't even think about it. So is that something that, I mean, typically it'd be the terminal illness, right? Where a death doula would come be a huge help to the family or to the person that's dying, but it can also apply to it can. someone else in advance of that, or just kind of a paranoia or concern that you have. Well, yeah. With. I mean, so look at yourself and you admit you have that fear. Mm-hmm. So you could get to the bottom of it and figure mm-hmm. out where that fear is coming. It's coming right. from somewhere. Right. You don't just, we don't just have a fear. Right. I mean, there's something, you know, oh my God, if you said it yourself, if my kids die, I'm dead. Mm -hmm. What's the bottom card? Right. It's your death. Right. You, as the person that you are now, is gone. Right. You know? And so I appreciate that because my daughter's in her 40s. Yeah. And I always, I mean, even even today, I can't say that if something didn't happen to her, it wouldn't be the most devastating thing in mm-hmm. my life because it is hard. It's, right. I mean, that's a piece of you. Mm-hmm. However, it doesn't have to be a fear mm-hmm. related. Yeah. That, I mean, we don't have to, you know, deep dive into my, my issues, but it is, <laughs> it would be lovely to not worry about that exactly. for my kids sake to be like, yeah, go play at your friend's house. Yeah. I'm not going to worry. I mean, I'm not going to worry about you dying, you know, getting there, which I do. I mean, I worry about them dying mm-hmm. all the time, mm-hmm. especially when they're like little blobs on the couch. Right mm-hmm. now they're like humans that walk around and yeah. do things. So yeah. And then you're getting it into the yeah. teen years and, and all uh, of that. Oh, I totally get it. Oh my I gosh. Do. So, so what if you idea. could live mm-hmm. life with them, mm-hmm. let them choose, let them live their life mm-hmm. and you guys get to enjoy this together. Right. 
and you can work through that fear. Mm -hmm. Not that it's not that you're not going to be concerned about them. You're a mother. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're mm -hmm. always going to nurture them and guide them. Mm -hmm. You know, don't mm -hmm. go out at night when you know, right. Make sure there's bad sandwich. people around. I mean, sense, yeah. you know, in a sense, but to not have that debilitating because it can be, mm -hmm. it can just be like, it can wake you up in the middle of the night mm -hmm. because you're so afraid. Right. And so you're waiting for the next shoe to drop. Life can't right. be that good. No, it's something's right. going mm -hmm. to happen. That's okay. Right. That goes into part of my coaching mm -hmm. that once you become whole and full yourself there's nothing that can take you down there's just not right and this is a really interesting blending of the the life coaching and the death doula mm -hmm. and, and mentioned this a few times this morning which i love the word doula <laughs> which is a lot of words it's a verb now <laughs> doulaing doula yeah but the idea that you know if you do these things and really look inward that you're never alone. Yeah. Yeah. And that is a huge concern for me uh, with some of my clients, but also for my clients, mm -hmm. you know, dying alone. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I have girlfriends who say flippantly, I'm going to die alone. You know, I'm like, it's not bad. You're great. You know, like, yeah. you won't, you won't yeah. but also. But see, you can see idea. that in them. Right. You're like, wow, you're somebody I'd actually like to die with. Yes. <laughs> what a privilege it would be to die with you. You know? <laughs> I'll invite you. <laughs> yeah. I'm making a list. Yeah. I actually might do that. But we don't always see it that way. We mm -hmm. look for connections, gratification, and reassurance outside of us. Right. Because we have not, as a whole, I myself included, never thought that I was all I needed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I am all I need. Mm -hmm. How freeing is and that? And if I am here in myself and I know that everything comes with from within me, nothing anybody does out here can really affect me. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it seems very simplistic and I know when I say it, it can either, either be really woohoo or mm -hmm. very simplistic, but that's what happens when you get down to your base fears mm -hmm. and you start releasing them. Right. And what it takes is pulling it out of that box, looking at it, meeting it face to face and calling it by name mm -hmm. and working through what it does to you. So I could pull death up and look at it and it could constrict me to the point where I couldn't breathe. Mm -hmm. Now I can pull it up and I can look at it and I'm like, hi friend. Mm -hmm. So where are we today that this is really kind of like bugging me? What am I sensing? Nip it in the bud. And nip it mm -hmm. in the bud. Talk to it. Literally talk to it. Right. And come up with, wow, how, you know, yeah, where do I go with this? So is it fair to say that anyone who isn't facing a terminal illness would benefit from the life coaching? I mean, certainly the life coaching. I think a lot, most people would benefit from that. But specifically with regard to the death doulaing, would it be, <laughs> or having a death doula, would it be if you have this specific fear of death, mm -hmm. whether it's for yourself or mm -hmm. the people around you? Or uh, you'd mentioned in another conversation we had that it would be, you know, if a parent or a spouse is facing a terminal illness, the a death doula can really help, like yourself, could really help that person as like kind of an ancillary, like this is happening to you, right? Mm -hmm. This yeah. whole thing is happening. And so it doesn't have to be someone who is imminently in the process of dying or has a diagnosis. No. And actually look at all the people that you may know or, you know, that we've all known in our life. They were told they had a terminal illness, but they live. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, do you want to live keeping that fear mm -hmm. in? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, okay, I live now. I'm just going to go on with my life. Mm -hmm. What What if you could release that and now be who you who you came here to be? Well, the thing is you have to keep working, right? Like a lot of people just can't stop working because they get diagnosed with cancer, right? Correct. Like, there's like mm -hmm. life that has to be lived. There is. But it's just, I would think, very difficult to do. So you have to be like the same person. You don't want to be a burden. We've kind of mentioned a lot yeah. of these things. And so who do you talk to to say, I'm dying inside? You're death I, I don't know what to do. You're I, death yeah. You're death I mean, your spouse can't hear it all day. No. Your no. kids certainly don't. No, because you know, your spouse is eventually going to say, you know what? I can't even hear this because mm -hmm. this is stressing me out so much. I don't even want to talk about your death. Right. right. Let well, alone what this is doing to you. Right. Yeah. You know, and now you have an eight-year-old. Yeah. Who's hearing you guys argue. Right. And dad's, dad's going to die. Right. Or mom's going to die. Absolutely. Right. Right. And so, <laughs> you can talk to the eight year old. Yeah. So <laughs> go talk to your eight year old. I know. So, what do they do with it? 
Oh, no. they they don't want to be a burden. They internalize yeah. it. They exactly. bury it. They put it in a box. And, and they don't then, talk about it. when yeah. they're about thirty years old, they come up with the idea that they were the cause. Oh yes. Okay. okay. Of their parents' death. Yep. You know, had I not been there, mm-hmm. had I been better, had mm. I been quieter? I mean, there's so many variables. There's so many situations. Mm. I personally think that most people in the world have a fear of this or have an underlying oh, little, I you know, like, I don't want to talk about it. You guys mm-hmm. work with them all the mm-hmm. time. And it you takes know? people a long time to come in for that reason. Exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. Almost everyone I talked to said, we've been meaning to do this for years. We just haven't gotten around to it. But what they're doing is they're doing one little piece that they've been told that society has told them to do. You need to do this. You need to get this in place Mm -hmm. so your kids don't have to make these decisions. Right. So they do it. And then that's it. That's all I needed Mm -hmm. to do. Sign it. Forget it. Put it in that box. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Put it in that box. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then Fireproof. it comes yeah. up that they, do, that they do die. I haven't done that yet. That's funny. I think mine's on a, a thumb drive too. Oh, yes, it is. Oh. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so those things just kind of stay there mm-hmm. until you address them. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing is you just, if you want to, if you choose that this is not the way you want to live your life, mm-hmm. you can choose your way out of it. Right. You were talking about earlier how everything in your life creates a story yeah, and how you can just choose to change the story, change the story. You'll say it better than me. (laughs) Can you do it? Change, help me. Stop her from saying things. (laughs) Change the story. Mm -hmm. So you look at your whole life and I used to tell a story and it was a victim story. I was a victim. Mm -hmm. This happened to me. Mm -hmm. Oh, poor pitiful me. You know, look at this. And then I went here and this happened. And I had myself in a victim role and I told that story. So what you can do through the work, through bringing things up, facing them, looking at them, you can go back and look at that incident that Mm -hmm. happened and you can change that story. Now, what I mean by that is let's say, let's say your father, my father was an alcoholic Mm -hmm. and he could be really mean Mm -hmm. when he was drinking. Yeah. And so I figured out how to circumvent him, you know, and you could kind of tell. So my whole life has been, okay, this person, okay, I know how to handle this person. And I just won't say or do or, you know, be all through my life. Enough is enough. I'm just going to be me. So what I can do is I can go back and I can look at my dad during that time. And I can even have a discussion with him through me, you know, just me. And be like, wow, you know, you were really hurting. Mm, I can see what was going on in your life, dad. Mm. And I love you. And I'm sorry that happened to you. But I'm not going to carry your baggage Mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm done. That was yours. And I love you. Yeah. So now my story, I can tell it without the victim role. And I can just say, Mm -hmm. yeah, my dad was an alcoholic and he was really mean when he when he drank. So moving on, right? moving on. What do you got? <laughs> and, and it literally is gone. Yeah. You know? But, but again, you know, we talked about judgment mm-hmm. and beliefs. And so I judged him because other people judged him yeah. for what he did. Mm-hmm. And so it's this judgment that I just kept doing. And then I would judge this person and this person and this person let go of the judgment. Everybody's life is their life mm-hmm. and they get to choose what they do. Mm-hmm. So you're on your deathbed and you get to choose how you want to die, how you want to live Mm -hmm. until you die. Mm -hmm. And so a doula can also be a go-between, like we talked about, Mm -hmm. for that family. This is what he chooses. In the previous section, you talked about your dad. Yeah. And how you guys were so focused on medicine Mm -hmm. that you didn't even get to look at how you were feeling about anything. Right. What if that was not your problem? Mm -hmm. This is the medical industry over here. And you guys as a family got to talk about everything, Mm -hmm. everything. God, dad, I am so scared to have you go. Mm -hmm. I'm going to lose that connection. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny you say that because it's little things like, how am I going to remember the sound of your laugh? You know, I would have loved to just get like a recording of his laugh. We were always thinking about other stuff. We were, it was always... 
Mm-hmm. We'll do that later. Yeah, yeah. We'll do that later. You're not going to die today. You know, like, you're not going Yeah. <laughs> but this is after a, just listener, this is after a two and a half year battle with pancreatic cancer mm-hmm. where we knew it was, it was coming. We didn't know what it looked like. And it ended up being a lot longer than we anticipated, mm-hmm. which was good and bad, I think. But yes, a lot of the conversations were about medicine, doctors, appointments, blood tests, PET scans, you know, all that stuff. And I felt like every time we got, you know, even a blip of not bad news, we were still just waiting for the next, hopefully next not bad drop. news. Yep. Yeah, the next so shoot and drop. Yeah. We, and it was hard to be present for yeah. sure. So in looking back now, what I think it would have been nice to have is a, is a death doula, you know, and I said, I don't think my dad would have been super keen on a death doula or the concept of it. I think he would have loved the result of having a tattoo, <laughs> but I totally would have been into it. And I think that my siblings and my stepmom would have been open to it as well, just to have a third party to help guide us because we had no idea what we were doing. And you know, what if a death doula did nothing but to sit by your dad's bedside and help him tell stories? And help him tell everything that he ever wanted to say to you before he left. Yeah, it would have been amazing. And now I'm in tears because it would have been amazing. Wouldn't it have been? Yeah. Because you are not in that frame of mind. Right. That's the thing. When you're going through a death in your family of a loved one, you're not thinking about how, what am I going to wish I had done? Right. What am I going to wish I had? You Mm -hmm. know, I wish that I would have known my dad better. Right. You know, he died when I was 24. Mm -hmm. I didn't get a chance to know him as a person. Right. You know, so to take that moment and just be like, hey, you know, and you say that your dad may not have been open to it. I get that. Mm -hmm. But if somebody's just sitting there saying, hey, tell stories. Oh, what's your love favorite that. story would love about from when you were five <laughs> yeah. years old? You yeah. know, yes. And you know, sometimes that's yeah. all it takes. Mm-hmm. And then you can be like, "Oh my God, I never knew that, Dad. Maybe that's yeah. why you did that with me." Totally. And I get it, and I can release that now because yeah. that's not mine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I get passionate about yeah. this because. So I think you can see too that it's. I'm not just. I don't consider that I'm just a death doula. I'm a life transformed coach and I mm. added death doula yeah. into my yep. into my modality because that's where my life has taken me yeah. to face what I had, my judgments, my beliefs about death. Mm-hmm. And if I can help somebody else face their judgments and their beliefs and let that go and just live, mm-hmm. just live a life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're going to die. Yeah. Why focus on it? Okay. 24-7 and worry about it and wait for the shoe to drop. And I think it's important to mention, at least specifically state, that what you're doing in your interpretation of Death Doula is, and, and the Life Transform Coach uh-huh. is not medical. Right. Although you have the medical background. It's not legal. You right. specifically say, no, nope, you got to talk to your lawyer about that. Right. Here's some resources. Yes, um, I, I, then, yeah. I have a great law firm. Yeah, I can right. for them, too. Um, and it's not therapy. No. It's, we're, you're not no. trying to diagnose or no. figure out. Treat. You're just nope. there to be whatever they we're need We're getting to down be. to the fear, anger, and hurt that fear, have been a anger. part of your life mm-hmm. since the day you were born. Mm-hmm. To help you release those and welcome who you are and then this ultimate... I think death, I think, I think once you welcome who you are, Mm. you get to know yourself, you release all those old fears, anger, and hurt, Mm -hmm. and you get to know who you are, Mm -hmm. that death just kind of comes because it's part of all of us. Don't you think? I mean, I think it's part of all of us. Yeah. You know, we all know what's going to happen. None of us want to talk about it. We'll just wait until the day it happens and hopefully it'll be a car accident and I'll never have to think about it. Right. Or you're holding hands with your, you know spouse and you fall and like, asleep exactly because yeah. that's like the, the way it is in the movie yeah you know <laughs> like yeah. in the notebook like in the notebook everyone wants to die that way right and that's the thing too is that death like birth is not always pretty so there is this yeah. cosmetic attitude that we have about death right well that's so when i say to somebody well what would you choose well i would choose you know yeah that's kind of a misnomer as well. I would choose that I, you know, lay back on my bed and take my last breath and yeah. I'm surrounded by loved ones. Right. There's more to choosing yep. than mm-hmm. that moment, mm-hmm. you know. Some people want to do like a whole movie of their lives to leave to their family. You know, some want to write letters. 
yeah. whatever they choose to do. Some, if they're capable, they want to go travel. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is that you choose, maybe you want to choose to lay in your bed and be surrounded by all of your plants in your house because that's your favorite place in the sure. world to be. Whatever totally. you choose. I like this idea of a death plan because I'm a planner uh -huh. by trade right. and nature. But you had mentioned earlier that one of the clients you were working with wanted to have a live funeral. Mm -hmm. And I love this concept. Having yeah. a funeral. And I've, people have said at funerals, like, gosh, I wish he was here. The person <laughs> could be here. You know, the dead person was here because we could tell him how much we loved him. And he would have loved this party, right? So that was an older... Actually, was what that was, it was somebody that I, I watched another death doula okay. online. Oh, okay. And she had a client that was 99. And he Love wanted this. it to be a graduation ceremony. Yes. And graduating so he, life. Yes. So he had <laughs> the cap and the gown. Life. And he had all of his friends come. And when they came, he put questions related mm -hmm. to death mm -hmm. in a hat. Mm -hmm. And they all had to take one and then pair up and go talk about these questions. Right. So he was forcing his friends to talk about this, yeah. you know, confront it. And wow, yeah. you know. Well, um, they're probably not that young, his friends. No, probably not. <laughs> it's about time they thought about it. No, yes, they not that young either. Well, are there other anecdotes like that of just things that have kind of been inspiring that you've seen people in the face of death do to open up the, con not just the conversation, but just interesting things that people choose to do? Or do they mostly just want to just relax and be in bed and talk? You know, put you on the spot here. You sorry. are, but that's okay. <laughs> I haven't had that much experience with unusual, yeah, you know, or yeah. things like that. But I would imagine that anything you can think of, yeah. really, because... If somebody wants to, and that's part of living. So what he chose to do is not wait until everybody was, you know, mourning and sad and crying over his bedside. He chose to have a celebration mm -hmm. of his life. I love it. How amazing. Yeah. You're 99 years old and you're graduating from life. Yeah. What? How much longer? <laughs> I just wonder, like, how much? <laughs> what if you have, like, a graduation every year? You're like, well, he's this still is here. <laughs> still here. We're going to do this again. Let's just have a graduation party. Uh, well, a birthday party. I mean, I why not? I mean, literally. Why not? I know. Like, that's what we should be celebrating your birthday. Is like, yeah. You know, your life. You... I choose, choose again. Yeah. What do you choose to do? What? Yeah. What? How do you choose to live? Right. Yeah. And that's it. How do you choose to live? Do you like that song, Live Like You're Dying? Have you ever heard that song? I think so. It's been a long time. I don't even now. know if that's what it's called, but it's just, I keep thinking <laughs> of it. Isn't that a song? Yeah. Live Like You Were Dying? Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's kind of what we're going yeah. for here. That's yeah. kind of what we're going for. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. we all kind of are dying. I know. Well, we are, are we from, the minute we're born. <laughs> from the minute we're born. Totally. Yeah. It's, you know, we're One not going to get out of this alive. <laughs> we're just not, you know? Talking to Becky is like energizing about yeah. that because she is so excited about it. it yes. It's it's wonderful. Not scared of it. Exactly. And there's so few people that... scared of it. Yeah, no, I'm not that. scared of it. Would you say you're excited about death? I can get kind of euphoric about okay. it, I That's guess. Because yeah. like even right now, I can feel the energy in my body. Yeah. Because, and I think a lot of it is because we're talking about it. Mm -hmm. It's here. It's mm -hmm. on the table. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's not hiding in the shadows yep. and sneaks up behind me and smacks me in the head. Yeah. You know? It shuts mm -hmm. you down. No. Yeah. And so have I chosen what I want to do? No, I okay. haven't. Because... I could die on my way home mm -hmm. in a car accident, or I could die when I'm 90 laying in my bed, or I don't know. Right. Because I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I do know there's going to be a choir of angels singing my hallelujah as I go. <laughs> you know? I love that. Yeah. Because, because I just know that it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and I am no longer afraid of it. I know that you don't know me, but I have to say that coming from where I came from, that is huge yeah. for mm -hmm. me. I mean, it is the biggest thing that I've ever done in my life is to release that fear, but I've released the judgment and the guilt mm -hmm. and everything that I had, you know, any beliefs. Yeah. I don't have any beliefs about it. It just yeah. is. Yeah. It just is. Fact. Yeah. And that that's interesting, too, is because when I heard that you're a death doula and, that you know, my mind just went a, a bunch of different places about what that means. One of the big things that came up for me is religion and how does a death doula handle the religion or spiritual side of this? And my understanding is that you as a death doula 
don't. I don't. You leave that to the I to leave that person. to the individual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And whatever their views, whatever their thoughts are on religion, whether they have beliefs, whatever they are, whatever they choose to do is their choice. And I, I leave that. that with them yep. because it doesn't affect me in any way. Right. Unless it's illegal or <laughs> and then I'm gonna call you guys. Yeah, right. <laughs> but but it doesn't affect me in any way. Yeah. And I don't need to have a belief or a judgment about it because it's not mine. Right. So and that just goes with your whole I'm a you know, I provide a non judgmental mm-hmm. space for this person, whether it's religion or well, can you want to say you're gonna Can you imagine Annie having somebody sit mm-hmm. by your bedside and be like, Really? Yeah. That one word, mm-hmm. when somebody says to you, well, I want to be cremated, and you go, really? Uh-huh. What does that do? That puts a judgment. huge yeah, judgment huge. and doubt into yeah. your brain. Yeah. Now, you might say, really? Tell me about that. Yeah. How mm-hmm. do you want that to happen? Right. And then as they talk through it, they might change their mind. But for you to put judgment in there, yeah. this is their choice. Yeah. It's so, this is crazy, because I'll, we'll ask that question, you know, how do you, you know, cremated, buried, composted. composted. And so many people say, well, my parents are both buried and you can just feel it that like pressure Mm -hmm. to be buried Mm because that's what we do in this family. Right. And I'm like, well, they didn't know about composting, you know, like cremation was weird at that point. But it's it's so funny because I know that's not what they want to do immediately after they say that. It's like it's pulling them down you know they can't say what they want to say yeah and you know i always said cremated that is so interesting that you say that because now i can sense that i did that because my mother Mm -hmm. really no you have to cremate me Mm -hmm. i cannot be put underground i cannot that's just and i'm like oh my god right i need to be cremated just like mom so we're sitting here with hannah my husband and i talking about all of this and she goes well you know they have now where you can you know you get compost and we're like really and she goes yeah and we were both like well give us that yes <laughs> that sounds great so neither one of us were hot on the cremation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it was what it was yeah it was the beliefs and yeah. the judgments that we have been tied into yeah, right. and that's traditions. amazing or i'm sure you have where you know the husband says oh i'll never be cremated mm-hmm. and she's like oh yeah no me either mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know that that's not what she wants oh yeah it's a lot of i always say i'm I, you don't want therapy for me but it is a lot of chatting through that kind of stuff yeah and opening the you know another thing that's really interesting i'm stream of consciousness here but uh so often people say well i don't really you know i i, I had three kids i need to give them to them equally but i'm estranged from one and i don't really like the second like then just give it to the one. Why are you right. giving it to the other kids? And they're like, oh, so that's not so I much. I can do that. Yeah, totally. And it's I'm like it's your legacy. Like open up that box. Like you don't need yeah. you don't need that stuff. It's so interesting how people see. You're gonna be around. much freer now when you talk to your. I think so. To your clients. Yeah. yeah. You know, you need, and you can start to see little things, mm-hmm. and you'll be like, wow, do you guys want to talk about that? Yeah. Right. You know. Yeah. And or maybe you should call Becky. Becky. Call. Yeah. Yeah. Call Becky. She'll talk feels to like you. you talk about, feels like you should talk to Becky like that. <laughs> Go talk to Becky and then come on back here. Oh, we'll right. Sort, sort we'll that out. out. And I, then come talk to you me. You don't know how many times I've thought that. And they say, sorry, you're in the middle of a counseling session. I'm like, I am. I am. <laughs> I'm not good at this. So, One of my favorite yeah. things to ask people, though, is that cremation composting burial question. Because hearing what people want and hearing you know, end of life choices where they want their ashes scattered is just fascinating to me. You know, it really... Well, my husband's always wanted to be buried on the property. Yes, I remember that. You know, (laughs) I think he's even got his tree picked out. And he's like adamant about it. And I'm like, I think that's illegal, you know? And so when she said that, he was like, oh, yeah, I'm all for that, you know? I do want to meet him. He is a wonderful man. (laughs) And so, yeah... I mean, and so, yeah, that's just a and a little thing that, yeah, we just don't, we don't know yeah. until somebody asks us and we can sort through those things. And it's interesting how many people know exactly. They're like, oh, I've thought about this a lot. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, their, their partner or their spouse is like, well, I don't know. 
what you want or what I want. A lot of our clients have thought about this stuff a lot. And Mm -hmm. I don't know that they have a lot of like an outlet for it. So this is a, this, this table that we're sitting at is an outlet for them. And their, their, their spouse might be like, oh my God, he talks about this all the time or or something. I'm like, oh, that's a little, it's unusual. (laughs) Um, But maybe this is the type of person that would benefit. So a couple things happened and I, and, and we, we connected on this because our clients sign their estate planning documents and then they say, I'm so glad that's done, right? I feel so much better. I was keeping me up at night. Now I can go die, basically. And I'm like, well, no, you know, don't do that. But I go live, go live. But you have what what you do provides that same feeling and release Mm -hmm. in a different way. It's not as like, here's paper that says something. It's I've released these things, this fear, the anger, the hurt or whatever it is. And I can welcome what comes next. And yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you know, I think we talked about it, you know, and it's that it's like this compartmentalized. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, these are the things I tick off mm-hmm. that everybody has said I need to right. do by the time I'm 70. I've got them done. Now I can just sit back and whenever it happens, it happens. Right. You know, then somebody will ask, you know, somebody will get sick and then a, a child will say, well, well, dad, what do you want? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to talk about that. Mm -hmm. So that's that piece that is still keeping you connected to that fear and and that pain. Yeah. I mean, it's a pain. It's it's visceral. It's in your body. You Mm -hmm. can feel it all over. I know you can when you think about it with your kids. You can feel it from head to toe. Mm -hmm. And you're like, it's almost like an anxiety attack that starts to get you. And you're like, shit, how can I get away from this? Right. I don't want to put this on them. Right. No. Paranoid kids, right? No. So I said this before. I'm a logistics person. I just like to know. So if someone was is listening to this and says, I want this, I need this. Or that might be kind of interesting to do for my family or whatever. Obviously, we have contact information for you. but Which will I, go in the show notes. Yes, but it's a consultation, right? Yes. You do a consultation first to see if it's a match. A match. Okay. Yeah, see if it's a match. Okay. Not everybody's going to fit. Right. Yeah. And I might not offer what someone is looking for. Right. You know, if they have a loved one that's dying and they want somebody to, um, you know, sit by their side for a month Mm -hmm. between now and then or offer respite care. I I don't choose to do that. Mm -hmm. But what I do choose to do with where the consultations come in is we get a chance to talk. It's always a free consultation. Mm -hmm. It's a half an hour. And so you share with me what you are looking for. Right. You know, where are you at in your life? Or do you have a terminal illness? Does someone you know? Do you just want to clear all of this fear, anger, and hurt surrounding death <coughs> so that you can start to talk about it and feel better about it? Right. And so we can go through all of those and we can determine <coughs> if we are someone that mm-hmm. can work together. Right. And then we can start working together. And so then your next question, because your logistics yep. is going to be a fee. Right. Do I do? You know me. <laughs> and, um, and as I said before, it's kind of an, it depends, mm-hmm. you know, it might go into more coaching, right. you know, to get right. through deeper things. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes once you start talking to somebody, then you're like, oh my God, I never realized that was mm-hmm. an yeah. issue for me. So things start to open up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, strict, you know, strictly death doula, I'm going to go sit by your dad's side Mm -hmm. and help him choose, Mm -hmm. you know, in what he wants. That's one thing. It's variable. Yeah. So I can't even really put a finger on it and I wouldn't even, you know, quote anything. So that's kind of how it works. And then um, you get to choose and I get to choose if it's, you know, if it seems like a fit. Yeah. Yeah. You set up whatever. Whatever. We can do it. uh, You know, I do Zoom. And again, a lot of it's the energy that we're working with. There's a true energy around all of this. Right. And that can be done on Zoom. Interesting. I've done my whole three years of life coaching has been on Zoom. Yeah. Except for, and we got caught right in the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So we didn't even get to do live events Mm -hmm. at the time. So it was all the energy of us. You know, speaking of that, it can be a group. Let's say it's the family. Mm-hmm. You got four kids and you all need mm-hmm. to talk about this. It yep. can all be done at the same time. Right. Or, you know, if somebody doesn't want to share it with them, it can be done individually. Um, so that's just some different options. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I Very think cool. it's such a wonderful resource if we identify that need in a client, but also, I mean, 
specifically when someone is diagnosed, I think I would like to say to the family, if, if you yeah, if you need additional resources, like we can't help you with all this stuff, but that you should consider talking. And what's going to happen is, is you're going to say, and this is what I get a lot of times, you know, cause people are like, well, what do you do? And I'm like, well, I'm, I always start with the life transform yes. coach. <laughs> and then I say, and I'm a death doula. And they're like, Ooh. a what? Yeah. And so there's this huge question, mm-hmm. you know, you see that it's just this vast, right? you know, vast. And if I can't do what they're asking, if it's not something that I feel comfortable with, or they don't fit with me, there's lots of other doulas mm-hmm. and, and as I said before, it could be somebody in Australia that right. you connect with. Right. It doesn't have Absolutely. to be that you go to their, you know, to their office or their house or whatever. This you is know? a post-COVID world. Right? Well, and you the know, there's something open. about Zoom now that's becoming mm-hmm. so normalized. Absolutely. And they're right there in my room. Right. Yeah. I mean, I have my candles on. Yep. I have my... I mean, it's it's my comfort yeah. room, and it's got good vibes for me. Yeah, and so they can be in their favorite place. Space, yeah, you know, even if you're not on death's door, if you're laying in your bed mm-hmm. and you're sorting through all of this, wow, you're there with your favorite dog. Mm-hmm. You know, and yep. you're laying there and you want to talk about this. It's yep. almost like talking to a friend yep. who is not invested in your death. I can yes. say things that somebody else wouldn't say, or right. they're going to tell me things that a loved one, they would not tell. What about someone who's just lost a loved one? Mm-hmm. Is that a place where you would fit as well? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I got a few, few people in mind. Yeah. That like the, they need outlets. And they, and they might only need an outlet for yeah. a month. Right. Who knows? Right. right. You know, it might lead to other things. Yeah. And, you know, say say somebody talks to me for two months and they're starting to feel better. Mm-hmm. You can come back anytime. Right. Yeah. Let's do this once a month and yeah. just catch up and see where you're at. Right. Mm-hmm. There's, there's something I learned a long, long time ago. And I was told by someone that when someone dies, don't send family a card right then. Hmm. Wait like a month. Yes. Because by the time that month is over, they think everybody's forgotten about Mm -hmm. them. Or six months. Mm -hmm. And even at six months, send them a card and say, just thinking of Mm -hmm. you. I've heard holidays too. Yeah. First holiday without them. Yeah. And not that it's a sympathy card. It's Mm -hmm. just a, hey, I'm thinking Mm -hmm. of you, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So a death doula can be that person. Mm that a year from now on the anniversary mm-hmm. yeah. of that death, mm-hmm. oh my God, who do you talk to? Because some people are going to look at you like, you got to get over this. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You've grieved long enough. There, there's no limit to grief. Yeah. There's yeah. none. And there's no right way and there's no wrong way yeah. to grieve at all. I'm taking notes here, which is why I'm not talking, but that's, that's, <laughs> The one year anniversary thing is really important. And we, we have an opportunity to check in with people because we, we work with a lot of loss here, but there's no, you know, know some have, emotional support, but it's not a lot. It yeah, can't be yeah, in the legal be. office or it can, I don't know. It, no, I you get gotta it. Find I get a balance. it. Well, but that has to be really hard for you guys. You have a client that you've had for 20 years. Mm-hmm. You know, they've changed their will. How many times they've married, they've divorced, mm-hmm. they've had grandkids. And now one of them passes, mm-hmm. you have to be invested. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, you, neither one of you have been around for 20 years, but that's beside Pretty the darn close. <laughs> yeah, no, and I'm thinking of a couple clients. Yeah. Where, and I mean, this, I think the saddest part is how the family handles things afterwards. Exactly. Really, yeah, but. Yeah, and you know what? They're lost as well. Right. They're grieving. Right. They've been pissed off at this brother yep. forever. Yeah. Here it all yep. comes out. A death in the family is really changes people, changes relationships, changes things. Everything comes to the surface. Yeah. You know, it's yep. it's a transition it in does. the family relationship. I've been watching some podcasts from a guy who is considers himself an expert on grief, and his name right. is David Kessler. Uh-huh. Right. I listened to a podcast that he did the other day, and it was this doctor, a female doctor, Mm -hmm. and she lost her teenage son. But prior to that, 
it's like her mother died, her grandmother died. She had all these deaths in her family that she was reeling from. Then he died. She was talking about how it affected her whole body. Mm. Like it was just a visceral mm -hmm. effect. And her husband looked at her and said, you know, we're going to get through this. We're not going to be like other people. And we're not going to split up because of this. And she said, I had to just look at him and say, you know, no, I don't think we will either. But you have to know that I'm not the same person. Mm -hmm. There, I am nowhere near the same person. Mm -hmm. Neither are you. So if it works, that's great. But I have no guarantees. Yeah. And so there's that knowledge there that you don't always split because of any reason other than the fact that you're not even who you used to be. Yeah, that's a mature. Yeah. And so then changing, that. you know, this whole thing that I'm talking about with the coaching and the death doula and coming into who you are. Yeah. I mean, you're not really changing anything because that's who you were meant to be. Mm -hmm. And you can be there without a tragedy happening. Right. I feel like I need to have I need to have you in my life. I like the once a month chat. Maybe I can con you into doing more well, podcasts with us. She real. does have a YouTube channel yes. that we we I know will be on a lot. Yes. <laughs> yes. As well as any listeners. And Becky Bros, can we find you? Uh well I have a website. Mm -hmm. We're going to put and that in the show notes. Yeah. That has all of the different things that I do. Mm -hmm. And then my, I can always be contacted at my email address. And I don't have a business name. It's just my name, Rebecca Weingartner. And I will say that I am, I am certified in Life Transformed as well as a certified death doula. Okay. And it doesn't really matter per se because there's no regulation right. with death doula. There's no like a nurse and you have to keep testing. But I just, I chose to get certified just so that I had the specific training mm. right. rather than just using what I yeah. came through life with and, and gleaned, you know. Your medical background. Yeah. But, I mean. it, but I'm not yeah. kidding. But the training was, was invaluable because yeah. it really kind of brought about things that I hadn't even thought about as a nurse because it's two different jobs, uh -huh. you know. Box. Yeah, it's two different boxes. Yeah. Yes, I put that nurse box away. It's there with my stethoscope. Um, so my email address is RebeccaWeingarner at Yahoo.com. And then That's they'll amazing. put the website on on the thing. Yeah. Indeed we will. So, so lovely having you here. This was so fun doing it twice. <laughs> I think it was better the second time. I think it was too. So... Listeners, what you don't know is that my recording skills failed me and somehow it didn't save the first time. So um, the second time we have high hopes and but thank you so much for your patience and for educating us and inspiring yeah. us. Yeah, it's been a really fun few hours. It was. Yeah, you. It was. And, you know, I mean, and like I said before, though, you guys, you have such a great energy. Oh, and so, so it's not like this is a, you know, I'm so glad that we came at this as not being a downer. Right. You yes, know, this could be a really mm -hmm. morbid discussion. And oh, there's, totally. you know, that just brings it all back up again. Yeah. So I'm here to help you embrace it. Welcome it. Embrace it. It's going to happen whether you want it to or not. Right. You might as well have it be what you want. I like that. Hello, old friend. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing today? Yeah. Yeah. You can address it every now and then and just see where it's at and where yeah. you're at yeah. with it. Thank you, Becky. Yeah. You're such yeah. a healthy look at this stuff. And it's really good to have that because we get a lot of, it is heavy and it can get really dark. Yeah. <laughs> these yeah. topics. So yeah, um, we'll take this with us for a while and we will definitely be having you as a resource for our okay. clients. Great. Yeah. Listeners, thank you for, for listening <laughs> and we'll see you next time. Hopefully with mom in addition. Yes. <laughs> we miss mom today. Bye. Thanks for listening to the You Can't Take It With You podcast. We hope you've learned something from this episode. If you've enjoyed listening, please rate and review us. And to learn more information about estate planning and end-of-life issues, visit our website at www.thenarrowslawgroup.com. Thanks again for listening.